Hello and welcome to another episode of CryptoCast. I am James Burney, a financial services and fintech partner at Gunner Cook. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Joshua Taylor, another partner at Gunner Cook, who focuses his practice on space form technology. Hi Joshua, it's great to have you on. Hi James, thank you. It's a pleasure. So I think just as a sort of starter, I think it'd be nice just to talk a bit about what space law actually is, because I'm just aware that, that it's it's a new thing, and what sorts of things does space law tend to cover? Yeah, um, so broadly speaking, space law is the body of law governing space-related activities by humans. Um, it includes how nations cooperate with each other regarding space activities, uh, so treaties that cover rules for exploration, weapons use, liability for damage, uh, rescue efforts for astronauts, environmental regulations, record keeping, information sharing, ethics, you name it. Um, but it also includes um, individual national policies and laws uh, dictating how governments uh, individual nations govern space activities within their own territory. So that includes things like launch activities, uh, satellite operations, the use of communications networks and frequencies, and how uh, geospatial information and data are collected and used and processed. And uh, in addition to that, and it's becoming increasingly more relevant these days, is commercial space law. So that would be the laws, rules, policies, government ministries or agencies that all impact uh, private commercial space businesses. So like many businesses these days, commercial space businesses often operate in multiple countries and serve client global client. Uh, sorry, I have to say that again. No, do you want to repeat the whole question or do you want to do the last bit? Just the last bit. At, yeah, just uh, go for it and we'll just cut out the bit. We'll just cut yeah. out the problem. Okay. Like many businesses these days, commercial space businesses often operate in multiple countries and serve client. I did it again. <laughs> Sorry, I'm saying client instead of client. Let's try this again. Sorry. No, just take as many times as you like. So we, we just cut anything we don't like. So there really is no. It's the beauty of technology. Yep. So like many businesses these days, commercial space businesses often operate in multiple countries and serve a global client base. This means they're affected by a host of rules and agencies in multiple countries, as well as differences in intellectual property, export-import uh, regulations, insurance laws, transparency laws, ethical rules, and cultural differences. So I'd say all of that really impacts what a space lawyer does. And it's interesting because, you know, as a UK lawyer, I'm very much tied to the UK legal and regulatory system. How does space law kind of work in comparison to kind of the more traditional systems where you kind of have, you know, a legislator or a regulator whose rules you look at? Is it, is it as, as solid, maybe not the right word, but is it one of those ones where you're interpreting statute the same way or is it actually more open to different types of lawyering? Well, I think it's both actually. So <clears throat> at the international level, we're really talking about a group of 
international treaties and conventions and international agreements between uh, typically larger countries. Uh, but at the same time, I would say space law operates inside the current established legal systems. So, uh, for example, there are five international treaties that have been widely adopted, and those govern how nations are supposed to behave in space. Uh, those are the partial test ban treaty, and that basically uh, bans nuclear testing in the atmosphere and in the ocean. Uh, that one has a, a large number of signatories, and it's very widely accepted. Then there's the Outer Space Treaty, which really sets forth the governing principles for how individual, excuse me. Then there's the Outer Space Treaty, which mostly sets forth the governing principles for how individual countries behave in space. And there are also treaties governing rescue operations, liability conventions, and registration obligations for any country putting objects into space. But I think it's important to note that uh, some of those treaties have been signed on by more countries than others. The most popular has 126 signatories, and the least popular, the Registration Convention, has only 71. So there's no actual uniform agreement among nations on how to operate in space. So there's a lot of gray area in that particular uh, realm. But in addition, uh, many nations have adopted national space legislation or established national space agencies to govern public and private space activities within their own countries and according to their own interests. So for example, the United States has its own space law policy, its own uh, national agency that governs a lot of the space activities there and other regulatory agencies. And so the UK also has the same thing. And so in one sense, yes, there is an international sort of gray area aspect to space law, but then it, for each individual nation that's engaged in space activities, it has its own laws and regulations governing what it does and what private companies as well as public actors do in space. And it's interesting because we've seen something in the crypto world, which is people picking, choosing jurisdictions to, to work from, depending on the local legal and regulatory regimes. Are you seeing a similar thing in space where if a regime is considered particularly well written, people tend to migrate towards that jurisdiction? For sure, yes. Uh, there are, I would say, a number of uh, countries that are really uh, investing a lot in their national space policies, and their intent is to uh, attract commercial companies to establish their operations there, uh, for investors to come and invest in those companies within their jurisdiction. And they typically have uh, very attractive tax policies associated with those activities as well. So I do believe you were going to see a lot of that uh, increasing in the future. And kind of just more broadly, what are the current developments you're seeing in space law? Is it pretty static at the moment or is it evolving? Well, uh, more countries are actually getting into space and updating or adopting new space legislation. Uh, just like I mentioned before, they're trying to increase public and private activity in the space sector. A good example is Luxembourg. Uh, just in 2017, I believe, they recently created a very comprehensive national space law policy. 
that includes private space exploration and the utilization of space resources as part of its subject matter. Uh, most national space policies don't address those two topics. So that's quite a bit of a development, and I think we'll see a lot more of that in the future. And just talking in the future, what do you see as being kind of the future of space on and its development moving forward? I think we're going to see a lot more investment in space by uh, countries of varying sizes and GDPs. Uh, the decline of the cost of launch, technology advancements, and an increase in public sector interest means that there's going to be more investment by firms and governments into space. I read recently uh, that Morgan Stanley stated that they estimate the global space industry could generate more than $1 trillion or more by the year 2040, and that's up from $350 billion right now globally. So even right now, there's a huge investment into space, but I see that only increasing over time. And I think as more nations invest into the space economy and adopt policies, uh, they're going to do that with the purpose of not just serving space and small, uh, a small number of large companies, but also to uh, incentivize innovation by smaller to medium-sized firms within their uh, economy. And just lastly, do you think there's kind of particular technology sectors which are going to get used in space? Will there, will there be development? I'm just thinking in the past, you know, space led to lots of has led to lots of innovation. Do you think there's going to be particular areas of innovation in space moving forward? For sure, <clears throat> uh, for sure. You mentioned blockchain earlier. That is one type of technology that I see being used in space. Uh, you know, as the development in space continues, uh, for example, space law will get more complex. And as, say, for example, the moon and Mars become greater targets of exploration, we'll start to see conflicts arise there, uh, not just between state actors, but also between private commercial actors. How those conflicts will be resolved will test the treaties currently in place and perhaps guide how future treaties will be negotiated. But part of that, these opportunity for technology such as blockchain to enter into the mix. So with smart contracts and the type of distributed ledger technology that's available, uh, I believe we'll be able to have certain types of problem solving and conflict resolution happen uh, locally distributed and outside the hands of state actors. And I think that's something that uh, many private space actors will want in the future. They won't have to wait for long and costly government agencies to intervene. They want to have a system in place already that can help resolve conflicts as they arise. And that typically has to be negotiated in advance. That's really interesting. Thank you. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for today. If anyone listening wants to reach out to Joshua, his email is joshua.taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at gunnercook.de. Thank you, Joshua, for coming on. It's been fantastic. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to our latest podcast. Gunnercook has a market-leading blockchain, crypto assets, and DeFi team providing legal advice across the whole of the blockchain ecosystem. Our members have been heavily involved in helping shape the legal and regulatory framework 
for blockchain and crypto assets from the start, meaning that we have an intuitive understanding of our clients' needs and can provide focused, pragmatic advice at predictable cost. For more information, please visit our website. Thank you again.